So good morning, Karen, and good morning to our listeners. I love the rain. I love the, the it's misting out there this morning. And the cooler weather, I know it's sent you back out again working. Yes. Oh, as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday I was able to plant three perennials. Uh, two of them were new. One of them I had divided. And uh, as I've been thinking about my garden and and color and wanting to you know you always that this is the thing you're always tweaking it oh yes it's it never, never ends it's, uh, uh, gardening this is and i guess this is my husband and i were talking about this and this is what, what i just love this so much um and and i know that when he works on a project too whether it's uh, building something he's always tweaking it too and, yeah and the next time he builds it he does it a different way in that and you know and, that's why sometimes deadlines are good like with with jobs or things because you, <coughs> you still there's always something you think you can improve but finally it's like you have to turn it in but with gardening it's kind of ongoing yes it is and so i was amazed i was uh, uh, cutting back some of the flocks and when i actually got in beside them uh and was doing this they had more than doubled in size oh. and i thought all right now i love this color uh, where can i put these i can divide them and i can move them around and they'll do just really great so <clears throat> that's that's a good thing too we always think of harvesting vegetables and fruits and things like that but hey uh, we also have this time when we start dividing up and sharing with our friends or, well, or i want to talk a little bit about that so you have flocks and they're fairly tall yes they are so mine are almost done blooming i've got flocks too and if you're going to transplant them should i wait till later should i cut them down or what should what should you do if well, you're going to be transplanting yeah. them because you can transplant them now but yeah. what should i cut the tops off or or yeah how I would, short I, yeah because you know anytime that you dig a plant you lose a certain amount of the roots so you can take off some of that top growth i mean are we talking down to 18 inches you know or i'm what? gonna get, bring mine down to be about uh, 18 inches at 18 inches me. I would say okay that's about right and I just did bee balm and I did that with that as well and yeah. do you take them out in clumps like because they grow close together a lot of times when they're growing yes. or do you separate them out into individual plants I I I take the whole plant. I go around totally around the edge. No, I mean, but like sometimes when you have flocks, there's like a bunch of them that have clumped together. So there's like maybe ten or twenty flocks in like an area. Do you take them out? Like okay, I I don't let that happen. <laughs> well, then look yeah, at me. Yeah. What should I do then? Yeah, it's uh, it's really good, Karen, for air circulation. But I'd go in strategically because you're going to want to leave some of them in there, mm -hmm. and I take it out so you've got so you've got some nice breaks in between plants so you get good air circulation coming right. in there and then take those and plant them into another area and i ordered from bricks you sent me a uh that's a uh, mail order catalog yeah, yeah from holland and uh there were some uh, uh, asiatic lilies that i wanted and they had five of these on sale. Yeah, it was kind of in a set. Sometimes they have what they call collections, and then it's rather than buying them individually, sometimes you save a little right, money right. or something. Yeah, yeah, and by the time I got done and I paid the freight and everything, uh, it's about $49, which is about, you know, about $10 per bulb. But but you know what? Sometimes if you get a decent-sized bulb, that's actually what you expect to pay. Well, and it's not only that. It's just that you're getting a variety that's... Um, 
uh, more in demand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same way with hostas. If you want some of those newer or the introductions, fancy ones that are rarer, yes, yes, then you pay a little bit more. But um, I got a note back, and they said we have received this in Holland, and we will be shipping it in October. Oh. And here is your number if you have any questions about this so now i want to find the perfect spot are you worried about getting in time because that was the thing i've had before where sometimes when that is the one thing about ordering ordering locally you know you get it when you get it but if if they say october if there's a delay and the ground freezes you could you know you could have an issue so that's always a a, a, i guess a risk yeah it is and uh, normally i i wouldn't do that but I wanted these, and, sure. and these are kind of different in that they're what they call now um, the tree lily. And the first year, they go between two and three feet. The next year, they go four to five feet, and their, their total height is eight feet. Right, and, they're very tall. Yeah, and they get just gobs of, of blooms on them. So, uh, and I don't usually like to grow things that are that tall because of the wind right. we have on the hill. Will you will be doing some staking, just yeah, in I, case? Yeah, yeah, I will. And you know, I have those wonderful tomato cages that right. my husband built out, out of rebar. Oh, and they're sturdy. Yeah, they're sturdy. So I, I'm going to put them around them. Not the first year, but I'm going to, I'm going to dig the hole. I'm going to improve the soil, and I'm going to have it marked so when the bulbs come. In they go, and that's well, it. Well, see, you know, that's the thing. If you're ready like that and it does freeze, at least you'll have right. something. So good for you. Yeah. Yes, yes. So um, if, you, if you have patience and, and if you want to be a little bit of a risk taker, I mean, this is, you, you can do this, and it, it is well worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and so now, as we mentioned before, now is the time you should be getting your bulbs for the fall because you'll be starting to plant sure. them for that spring color. Uh, whether it's tulips, and there are a lot of, you know, there are local places that have a lot of them. They uh, do. The important thing is to look at the size of the bulb. The bigger the bulb, that means yep. the more food they have stored to, to do a more a stronger plant. So you can get probably some really cheap ones, and if they're small bulbs, yep. you'll get what so you pay for. Get something that's at least 12 centimeters. Yes. That is as small as you'd want to go. Um other than that, you're getting like seconds, and we're talking about tulips here. And of course, with daffodils, they can be 12 to 14, which would be about standard. So yeah, and daffodils if, are bigger, right? Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. But gosh, daffodils they multiply much faster too. <laughs> yes. So they really have that bulb. It's beneficial to them. They really are making the food. They're reproducing, and you can divide them in. I mean, three years easily. One thing that I really like, it's almost like a ground cover, but it just creates a beautiful carpet. Is It's called grape hyacinth or also sometimes yes. muscari. And so there's some deep dark purple, some mm-hmm. more bluish color, some... Blue and white now. Yes, white. Yes, and yeah, the multicolored. And I have planted those, and those are very small yes, bulbs, but now is the time to plant those. And those will naturalize, meaning they spread themselves yes. out. So I have them in... And in the spring, they're beautiful. Now, 
they die off, the, the, the foliage dies off in the summer, but now they're starting to come back again, the foliage. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, all of August in that heat, yeah. I couldn't believe it. They started popping yeah. up. And and it's a good reminder so that that's why you didn't plant there. And right. because they're so small, for the most yes. part, in the border, they're right up at the front so that you can yes. see them. Although uh, the widest part of where my borders are at, I did plant some because those tall perennials that I have, um, they're just coming up. And and these uh, the blue hyacinths, they're up early. So they really have, they're kind of the stars out there. They're just, uh, in the, I like that intense purple. It's just, it's so striking. And you don't see it as an individual plant. You see it as a clump. It yeah, makes a like mass. it's like a blanket almost. And, yes, and I love yes. it because I've got some yellow uh, tulips that, that bloom at the same time and it's just that Great. striking color yep. and then I've got red ones too and and yeah it, and they seem to last quite a while too that's the nice thing about them they whereas do. tulips might not last as long but those muscari or uh, grape hyacinths they seem to, to last quite they, a while they do and and the trick to that is uh, it, you shouldn't wait any longer than three years to start dividing them. Oh, really? Because I haven't divided mine yet. They, otherwise, uh -oh. they keep making smaller uh -huh. uh, bulbs. But if you divide them more frequently, the bulbs, they have more room. They'll they'll produce more. They bloom better. So, Barb, what should I do now? Should I do it like this time? Should I no, wait? No, you no, missed not. it. Yeah. Oh, I missed my opportunity, yeah. darn it. You would do it right after they got done oh. growing. Okay. So not now. Not now. Absolutely. Because they're coming back. You know? Yeah. So now this is part of the, they get a second oomph here and, and they produce energy for up in the spring. So. Should I add bone meal or something to them now for the next year or do they? Well, you know, yeah, bone meal isn't effective unless you get it down to where the roots oh, are. Oh, okay. So, so it would be hard to water in bone meal. Only when I transplant them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good time. Next yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well, there you know, go. I well, learn things all the time too, Barb. We, we'll put it on our list of things to do as right. if in the spring there wasn't so much to do <laughs> you know this. and I have uh, daffodils that I'm as soon as it dries off now I'm going to dig some of those I have a bed that I've said okay next year and the next year comes and I don't do it because I'm too busy and then I've got um, some ferns and some other things and I think oh, now it's too late because I can't see where they're at I don't want to mess things up there but this year I absolutely have to do it so which ones are you going to be doing this weekend uh a nun because it's oh. going to be too wet. Oh, okay. <laughs> if if it dries off, um, yesterday the soil, even though we'd had rain earlier in the week, the soil at my house was very dry. It oh. was really nice, but now um, with more rain, uh, we got eight tenths last night. You did. I didn't check my gauge, yeah, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. So uh, I read in the paper this morning that now we're only in the moderate drought range. Well, actually, for Blue Earth County, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're in, actually, I was looking at the, I've got the paper in front of me here, Blue Earth County is in the abnormally dry, so we've gotten out of the moderate drought. Well, yeah. yeah. So well, that's good. No, moderate drought on their, on their bigger picture, where they're just saying all over, I think is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just talking individual counties, actually, Blue yeah. Earth County's doing a little better than Nicollet yeah. County per se. Right, yeah. Right. So. Right. You know, and they say that like the rain came too late for the corn for yeah, the most part, for pollinating. but maybe it will help the soybeans. So I hope so. I, hope I, so. I do too. Yeah. And you know, my grass that 
well, had weeds in it and looked awful. Still has weeds in oh, it. Oh, mine does too. They're being covered up now, but it's all green. Uh, we have a uh, a homeowner on our block that uh, during this real heat, she had the lawn service up there, and I don't know if they were spraying or if they were putting down fertilizer, and everything on her yard is dead. Yep. I mean, when the weeds die. And it's brown. Well, the you know, maybe maybe she had it sprayed for the weeds because she didn't like the weeds. And that, I mean, the grass just couldn't take it. I don't know if she had weeds. I mean, but the whole oh. thing is, you know, usually you can find, um, like with my green grass, my yeah. turf grass, right. uh, even when that went dormant, the weeds stayed bright. Oh, absolutely. You could see that there were those weeds. The other thing I love that kept my yard green was the clover. And, you yeah, know, I've been absolutely. I've been purposely putting more clover in all the time. And I, yeah. Um, yeah. I have been hand weeding my garden or my yard a little bit just because it's gotten to the point where it's crazy. And so I was sitting out in the yard pulling weeds and had a giant bucket with all these. I mean, there's so many, Barb. And and uh, Dr. Bob Olson, he's a psychiatrist in Mankato, lives just down sure. the way. And he's, he's walking by and I said, you know, like I said, he's a psychiatrist. I said, this is very therapeutic. And he <laughs> said, you know, I think you're right. That is very therapeutic. And so I think some people think I'm crazy, but I don't want to put chemicals on there. And it is, it's just kind of relaxing right, for right. me to sit there and pull those weeds. And Absolutely. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I don't know if all gardeners are like this, but if there's a weed in your lawn and just certain kinds... Now, what I can't stand is knotweed, and I go walking, oh, so even if I'm dressed up, and <laughs> and I shouldn't be on my hands and knees pulling weeds. All of a sudden, I have to bend down, I have to pull it out, and then as I look around in that spot where I'm at, I see more weeds and more weeds, oh, yeah. and I got to pull those out. It's it's uh, I don't know. I think it is very therapeutic too, but it does seem like. Um, uh, that the weeds now that we've caught in the rain, that you can see them easily. Oh, easily. absolutely, They're yeah. Just and we'll have to mow the lawn again because you know I think about how few times we actually had to mow the lawn this year, and it I really know. hasn't wasn't very much. And but people who watered their lawn had to to uh, mow quite a bit. Yes, yes. I was gonna when we were talking about flocks. I wanted to mention one thing: when you let your flocks go to seed, you get all kinds of mixed varieties, and um, maybe the color that you had, which was maybe a dark magenta or something, when they go to seed and they start spreading, um, the new ones coming up aren't that color, and they can be a lot less desirable. So. What I like to do is with, with the flocks, if I have anything that came up um, in the spring, occasionally I'm tempted to leave a few, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I pull them out then, get rid of them, because uh, they just aren't what they, what they were. And talking about flocks, out in front of the uh, our building here on Warren Street, the boulevard plantings, we have the most gorgeous flocks out there, and then combine fox flocks and daylilies. They have Stella Dioral. That and bloom again, yes. Yes, and they're blooming together along with the prairie grasses. It's really absolutely striking. It's just really gorgeous. Their flocks is called frying pan, and oh. it's dark, dark purple. Very beautiful, beautiful color. I, I just love it. It's a shorter one, too. It's not such a tall one. Now, you mentioned pulling up flowers and plants. Uh, I have a pro, uh, plethora, uh, just prolific, and you saw them when you were out at my lake house, of Cosmos. 
Oh, Because yes. they s- s- reseed so readily. And I really like the dark pink ones, but I don't like the white ones. So my question is, do you know, are they the kind of plant when, like, let's say if a pink one reseeds, do they come back true to pink or would they come back white? Because now I seem to ha- be having more white than ever. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, if, if they're a hybrid, I think, you know, they could come back any color. Okay, because yeah. I have, this year I had more whites than ever. And, I, and just this past weekend, I actually pulled a lot of them up. They're done blooming, so... They're yeah. just basically kind of keeping keeping the circulation. Not so away. often I have thought that uh, things like that. My mother-in-law used to say that about her gladiolas, that they would all go back to white. And I wondered if white is the uh, dominant color there. Oh, that maybe that's why they keep so, them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. I mean, uh, the whites are okay, but I just like the dark pinks, you know, so there's a little yeah. more mix. And I was reading that in your garden, for a balance, um, you know, I like to have white um, it, it towards the back of my garden. To draw your eye back? Yeah, and it lights it up, and the ratio of white should be at least 20%. Oh, really? So 80% of the rest of your garden is, uh, you know, colored foliage and, and plants. The 20% would be just in white, so you'd have that white to... Uh, carry the theme. Hmm. I guess I don't have enough white then, probably. Yeah, well, you know, you can do that easily enough with, uh, if you if you used annuals and things, if you, you should have that white so it's 20% all the time. The white flocks are really nice. David is a nice one. It was a perennial plant of the year one year, but you have to wait till August to get that white in your dark corners. So you also want to be growing something else that's going to be white. You know, um, Early in the spring, the white iris are nice. And the I white, gave you some white iris. Y- you did. And the white tulips are great. Um, year before last, I put in white tulips simply because I didn't have anything white that early in the year mm-hmm. to bloom with them. And I put it into corners that... Um, seem darker sometimes. Y- yeah. And they just didn't see... They seem like they got left off from Recessed, the rest of the yeah. garden. Yeah. And and it... it it was great. It was. Well, a- I have a new something new to put on my list to get then now. The, yes. the main white I have is in hydrangeas. You know, a lot of the, the hydrangeas. And then they yeah. gradually, mine turned to pink and that sort of thing. But that's sure. my main white. Otherwise, I pretty much all yeah. the colors. And that's, so. see, that's late too. When, when, right. When I don't have those. the earlier yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There there are some other annuals that are nice. I raised that uh, white salvia, which isn't really white. It's cream colored. Oh, sure. But uh, that's anything you get in that range of colors. Uh, it, it really, really brightens things up. Yeah. And I don't have any white tulips either. I just have reds and yellows. You know, when I did that, I bought... You can buy them by the bag, and I think there was maybe 15 in a bag, and I bought two bags of them, and I made, uh, you don't want to just be skimpy, you want to get maybe six to eight to each group. In a clump, yeah, that's the one thing, don't just put them like little soldiers in a row, that just doesn't look good. And it doesn't, it doesn't do what you're, what you're trying to highlight and, and bring into the garden this area. So, um, yeah, that's really, really important. I just wanted to make a um, uh, promote next Saturday, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the 11th, I'm going to be at our uh, demonstration garden on Glenwood Avenue, which is about two blocks down from Old Main. And I'm going to be demonstrating how to... uh, uh, 
plant iris and how to divide them. And I'm also going to be giving people iris to take home. So if nine oh, you, what kind of uh, are you going to be giving away, Barb? I'm going to be. Uh, these are these are unnamed. This is an older variety, sure. but it isn't the oldest, and it is it is purple with lavender. And um, they're they're really they're just absolutely gorgeous. And then I also got some Siberian iris that I'm dividing, and that is the very 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 dark purple. Oh, the uh, one you gave me—it's beautiful. Is it? And you like it? Okay, that's great. Yes, it's Absol- very deep dark. Yeah, that's isn't that a nice plant? And I like it even when it's not blooming. It it has those tall thin. Uh, spikes and it just kind of moves in the wind. It just They're almost like a thick grass and, and so they add the texture which is what I really yes, like about them. Yes, and you can control them and they're not as much work for cutting back in the spring. Now do you need to divide those because I mean I've had the ones you gave me for at least a couple of years I think and they don't seem like they spread too much. Yeah, well you certainly could divide them or I could give you some more. Oh. So there you go. Are you supposed to divide them though? Yeah. yeah they don't do. seem like they have the rhizome that stick to the top like the bearded iris do. No. No, they don't. But the more you divide them, I mean, then your clumps stay healthier. They, they have oh. more flower spikes. And when should I do that? In the spring, too? After yeah, they're done flowering? A, that would Darn, because I want to do all this now. Okay, okay. You could, actually, oh. with them, if you got to them now. They are so dang hardy. Okay. Because they they have a tendency, like um, the... Um, Iris with the rhizomes, the, the tall uh, tall ones are the, the bearded or bearded. The yeah, they they have they have a dormancy period, oh. and that's what they've been going through. So they're still they're still dormant. But right now is a good time for it the, would be a the, good time. But for the bearded irises, because you gave me some of those, they're short, mm-hmm. real dark purple ones. Yes, and there you saw my clump. It was very thick. Yes, yeah, it done really, really well. Very healthy. Yeah. But how how much should how far away should you divide them? I always wonder how much you should. Well, you I know you're going to show demonstrate this, so I guess I should tell people to go well, see you. It's just, you know, um it it depends on how long they've been there. I mean, if if they've been in there a long time, really they've used up most of the phosphorus in the soil. They would just benefit from you taking, lifting them out, and improving the soil. Oh, okay. You know, uh, both blood meal and phosphorus would be great to okay. dig in there, loosen up. If you've got some compost to loosen up the soil, do that too. Sure. And then divide them up into your clumps and put them back in again, spread them around. Okay. That it, but you know it's all about timing. It's yeah. how, do you have time to do this? You know. Oh well, you know when the leaves start to fall again, and and I have had, and you mentioned this too. I've got my birch tree has been falling little by yes. little of the leaves, so it's covering the hostas out there, because that's one of my big things in the fall is to get all those leaves up, and I shred them, and then that's my mulch for the yes. winter that I put over things. That's such an excellent mulch if you can use those, and they really should be shredded, otherwise they really don't. That's right. Aren't effective. Yeah, that is so so true. And when I do that, you know, they say that you should wait till the ground freezes totally. But if you wait till the ground freezes... You mean to pick up the leaves? Uh, no, to put them down. Oh, to put them down. Uh, because if you keep it too warm, the voles and the mice and things move right. in. But if you're going to do that all at one time, it seems like the 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 weather gets deadly cold. Right. And that's more difficult. So what I've been doing is just kind of adding them in like maybe an inch at a time oh. and and so that I 
I'm kind of going with the weather. It's, okay. You know, it's See, like I, I have waited. I have done it before where I put it on before. It's gotten frozen. Mm-hmm. and But now I wait because I guess it's just because of the voles. People are having so much more problem with voles and things, especially with eating their hostas. And I'm seeing that more on the online forums. And all of a sudden, somebody had an Empress Wu, which is a giant hosta. And overnight, it was gone Wow, from voles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They cut the roots. and Our neighbor has this cute little cat and she has it outside on a lead because they don't want it to run away they don't know what it's capable of yet and they have this big garden it went out and it brought back three bulls and set them down they better get the cat worm now yeah yeah. well it didn't eat them it just well still they can pick up stuff yeah is that right oh yeah that's why you should always keep your cat inside i'm just my little my little soapbox yeah well her little cat just comes out he has a a collar and a lead and they walk him around but when they're gardening they just let him on his lead wander around and he goes into the tall areas and this is where he did his deal you know he found these voles yeah but i said gee three that's you know that's impressive for a little cat to right go. and you know i have sighted <coughs> some voles or or some sort of rodents now because it's fall they're wanting to get in and so i have noticed around the gardens i've seen a little movement and so sure. i'm going to put my traps out that's how i do it i don't ever want to put poison because no. other animals can get it and you don't right. want that mess right. and so i'll put the just the traps out i put a little peanut butter on them and i think i told you one day i got or one day one time uh, I had, I knew there was a lot of them because they were eating all my vegetables. And I put 20 traps out and I think I got 13 or 14 voles or voles or shrews or whatever they were in one day. Wow. And and do you use like a little mouse trap for them? Yeah, I so just small. use the old, the little ones are like a, a buck for two or, you know, they're pretty cheap. Yeah, and, yeah. And then right. they snap and, you know, they're instantly killed so it doesn't. They don't suffer like like sure. I, I've used sticky traps in the past, and that's horrible because that makes them suffer, and I don't want to do that again. No. That was many years ago, but yeah. So and then I just dispose of them in the garbage. Right. You know, one more quick thing. Um, this is the time of the year that uh, we're offering master gardener classes. Oh, right. And so you have to have your application in, I believe, by October first. Yes. But if you thought you want to be a master gardener, uh, there is a website, or you could call the extension office and they would tell you how to apply and there is a cost involved but I'll tell you what um, we will match part of that the, yes in terms of the the cost for the class it, it, it's matched or or a lot of it is paid by in our case in Blue Earth County the garden um, master gardener group right and other counties have kind of their own programs so sure, sure. yeah so the the deal is it, it I believe it's October 1st you need to apply by yes go to University of Minnesota Extension and under master gardeners again and you can look where they're uh, talking about the classes you can read more about it or if you have any questions you can ask Barbara I and we can fill you sure in. sure I, one thing I can attest to you will learn so much oh, yeah. and you'll meet so many nice people and get a lot of free plants yeah, and you will <laughs> really uh, come to appreciate uh, what people are doing as gardeners. Absolutely. It's just amazing, whether it's pollinated gardens or fruit or vegetable gardens, whatever it is, uh, people are doing amazing things. It's, it's great to be part of that group. It is. Well, Barb, you have a great Labor Day weekend. I will. You too, Karen. And uh, take time to go down on that dock of yours and <laughs> throw a line in the water and do a little fishing. All right. Thanks, Barb. Bye-bye. 
It is uh, one minute past 10 o'clock, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin.